If you're just now joining us at Bethany United Methodist Church, we're glad you've come on board with us. And uh, we want to welcome you to the church where we are uh, leading people to experience God's love, to know Jesus Christ and grow in his image. Uh, I invite you to uh, be aware of the live chat on the side of your screen. If you've got questions, uh, you can ask uh, those in that. And uh, there's also some resources that will be posted in there for you. So uh, welcome. We're glad you've chosen to worship with us this morning. We're continuing in our series on soul care uh, as we move through this time of the pandemic and, and into the summer. This morning, we're going to be talking about rest, soul rest. Uh, I, but I'm actually going to talk a little bit to start with about work as well as rest and the balance that takes place between those. Uh, so I invite you to join with us and uh, uh, if you're really busy right now, uh, rest for a minute and see if God speaks into your life. Let's pray. Mighty Father, we give you thanks for this time to come and to simply be in your presence and to hear your word. Uh, we ask you to pour that into us and restore us. May the words of my mouth, may the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. As some of you are aware, uh, I grew up for many years with my grandmother in our household. She lived with us for many years. And one of her favorite passages of scripture that she would quote to my sister or I in times when we were tired or not wanting to do things or, or really just not wanting to do things because we didn't want to do them was uh, this passage out of Proverbs. Go to the ant, you lazy bones. Consider its ways and be wise. Without having any chief or officer or ruler, it prepares its food in summer and gathers its sustenance and harvest. How long will you lie there, O lazy bones? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed warrior. So uh, uh, she would... Um, she would read these to us and quote them to us as a way to inspire us to get up and do things. And what we realized is uh, she instilled in us the work ethic that she had, which <clears throat> maybe she got from her parents or maybe she developed it when during the period of the Depression her husband died and she had to raise three daughters on her own. But nonetheless, uh, she was pretty clear about this with us and uh, we did not uh, receive just you know a regular allowance. You know, We always had chores that we did to receive whatever allowance and... Um, Early on, I started doing things like mowing people's yards for money, painting houses. Uh, at 14, I actually had my first standard uh, full-time, I mean part-time job uh, that I began to do. And by the time I hit 16 and 17, I was working full-time and going to school. So this was part of what we were raised with as we grew up. I thought it was interesting this week as I've, I've, I've reflected on this, that uh, that kind of work ethic is instilled into a lot of us. I've encountered that with a lot of us right now and especially right now during the pandemic some people have uh, talked about this as a time of rest but what I'm hearing actually from a lot of people is actually they're, they're working more now than than what they used to work and it was interesting to me then to read some guidance uh, on the website that is being given to people who are thinking about moving here or who are in the process of moving here from other parts of the world. And I, and I want you to listen to this and see if uh, maybe it sounds like your life. Traditional working hours in the U.S. are Monday to Friday from 9 to 5 p.m. with a half an hour for lunch. However, workplaces are becoming more flexible and many companies allow their employees to set their own work schedules. While the standard work week is 40 hours long, many Americans end up working notoriously long hours. 
This is because in the U.S., your workday doesn't end when you go home. Employees are generally expected to keep up with emails and deadlines after work, and the higher you move up the career ladder, the more will be expected of you. If you're used to European holiday times, American holiday schemes can seem pretty brutal. The U.S. doesn't guarantee its workers any vacation time or parental leave, instead leaving it up to individual employers to provide these. And I will say in some states there's regulations around that. Most new employees receive just one or two weeks of paid vacation per year, and it can take up to 10 years to work your way up to four weeks. Perhaps most surprisingly, many Americans don't even end up taking all of their vacation days. If you have more of a work to live and not live to work attitude, the American work environment can take some getting used to. People here strongly identify with their jobs and they are willing to put in the hard work. Some of you are sitting there going, yeah, that's right, because in the midst of the pandemic, uh, your work has come home. You're working out of your home and your computer is at home and you are ha trying to work full time and at the same time homeschool your children and at the same time maintain family life. Instead of working 40 hours or 60 hours or 80 hours, uh, you're basically working all the time. And you're probably at this point finding yourself pretty worn out. Uh, I've had a number of conversations with different families who have simply been exhausted at this point from the stress and the strain of all of that. And as we move into this, you know, one of the realities to remember is that we're not made to work at that pace. Uh, we are made to have rest periods in our lives. That's built into us. Um, in 1986, uh, at Christmas time, I found myself, uh, or just before Christmas time, I found myself in the hospital in Corpus Christi. I'd been for about a month, I've been battling uh, all kinds of uh, allergies and sinus problems. The fall is my, kind of my bad allergy time of the year. And uh, I've been struggling with that and I developed an infection and it was not responding well. And so uh, around the middle of December, I had an appointment with my allergy and ENT specialist. And as he looked over my x-rays, he said, uh, I'm afraid we're going to have to do surgery. He says, this infection in your sinuses has become impacted in your forehead, and it is now migrating through your skull. And should it reach your brain, this is going to become really critical. So for my birthday in 1986, uh, I was in the hospital uh, with uh, tubes placed in my sinuses and in my head and uh, drains and uh, IVs receiving antibiotics. Uh, it was a joyful thing. On top of that, my wife was expecting our first child in that period of time, and so she was rather stressed by all of those events, to put it mildly. Uh, about two or three days into this, while I was in the hospital after the surgery, my family doctor came by and came in and he says, Tommy, what are you doing here? Now, you need to know my family doctor is also the father of one of my best friends. Uh, and so uh, I, I said, well, John Paul, you know, I've been having all this trouble. And he says, yeah, I knew you were going to see uh, this other doctor and I knew that was going on. He says, but why are you here? And I, so I told him what was going on. And he said, well, let me look at your, your chart and your records and things. And so he left. And a couple of days later, he came back down. And he says, well, let's talk about this. He says, you know, do you realize that every fall you get sick? And I thought, well, no, I hadn't thought about it. But yeah, I, I know I have allergies every fall. And he says, no. He says, every fall, you develop this kind of sinus infection stuff going on. He says, every year, it's a very consistent pattern. You've been doing this for a long time. 
I said, well, you know, fall is kind of a hard time for me. You know, I have allergies in the fall, and then, you know, I'm, I'm at a church where I'm, you know, the only pastor, and so I'm, I'm doing nominations, and I'm doing stewardship, and I'm putting together charge conference materials, and I'm getting ready for Advent and Christmas. And, and now this year, you know, we have uh, the addition of the pregnancy, and I'm trying to help Cindy as much as I can as we move through all of this. And he says, you know, he says, next year when we get to this time of year, I want you to come see me. He says, I think we can get in front of this, and, and you don't have to do this every year if you're willing to listen to me and take my advice. Now, you know, uh, good doctors uh, learn their patients well, and uh, sometimes they don't have the advantage of knowing them as long as John Paul had known me, since he'd basically known me since I was 10 years old. But nonetheless, it was great advice from a family doctor to a patient about learning to take care of yourself. And instead of waiting to get sick and allowing the illness to force you to rest, which is what too many of us do, learning to, to rest and take care of yourself in the first place. There's an interesting comment about rest that comes from a sports medicine website, and it talks about the necessity of rest to us. Not resting affects your overall health as well, not just the muscles that you're using for your workout. When you're constantly exercising and not allowing your body to recover, you can overtax your immune system, which will struggle to keep up with all the repairs that it's trying to make to your body. A weakened immune system leads to injuries and illnesses. And rest isn't just vital to your physical health, it's also important for your mental health. People who exercise constantly, day in and day out, often experience mental burnout. That is, they lose the mental edge they need to work out effectively, and this leads to a lack of motivation and poor performance. Allowing a day off here and there will likely result in more enthusiasm and energy the next time you exercise. Often the most difficult part of taking a rest day is convincing yourself that it's okay to take a rest day. I want to repeat that. Often the most difficult part of taking a rest day is convincing yourself that it's okay to take a rest day. If you're running into that problem, try scheduling your rest days in advance and thinking of them as a built-in part of your exercise routine. And remember that getting proper rest between workouts will lead to a healthier lifestyle and more prolonged and positive effects from your exercise. You know, taking a rest day to allow your body to recover. And remember that, that you know, if you're having trouble doing that because you feel like you're slacking off, that this is important to your ongoing health. I remember one of my conversations with an SPRC uh, early in my ministry career when we were talking about vacation, and one of the members said to me, well, didn't you just take vacation last year? And I had to say, yes, and I'm going to do it again this year uh, because, you know, that's necessary for our well-being. Taking rest is something that's built into us. Uh, it's something that is required for us. It's something that's necessary. We're created to have this time of rest in our lives, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. If you go back to the beginning in Scripture and you read uh, at the tail end of the first creation story in Genesis, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished in all their multitude, and on the seventh day God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. And you hear this echoed in the commandment. 
Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son, or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. I mean, this is built into the pattern of creation. God built this into everything that is. And if you begin to think about it, every living creature, uh, whether mammal or, or reptile or plant, everything, everything that lives upon the face of the earth has a pattern in which it expends energy in life and a pattern in which it needs to rest and have that energy restored to it. It's true of everything that lives on the face of the earth. It's true of the very land itself. If you have been in agriculture for very long, you know that it is necessary sometimes to let a field lie fallow and rest or to rotate crops in order to restore energy into the earth itself. Uh, this is part of creation. God has made us this way. Uh, and when we neglect that rhythm, we do so at our own expense uh, and at our own health, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. We're created. We're created to have times of work, and we're created to have times of rest. And when it's hard to, to move into those times of rest, one of the things to remember is this is, this is part of God's plan for us. As uh, we talked about the first week we were in this series, you know, remember who you are, that, that you are not God. Remember whose you are, and trust your needs to the God who created you, sustains you, and saves you, and give your mind true oxygen. Learn more about God and draw nearer to Him. I mean, we need to have those moments to remember that, that we're not God, we're not limitless, that there are times when we are out of gas, we're out of energy. And in those moments, we need to be able to entrust ourselves to God and trust that God has us and draw near to God and let God restore us. Ruth Haley Barton says if you're struggling to, to, to get away like that, to take that time away, here's a little kind of ritual you can do to, to begin uh, moving into a time of Sabbath and rest. Light a candle alone or with friends. Let each of you speak about those things that are left to do. And as the candle burns, allow the cares to melt away. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, said Jesus. The worries of today are sufficient for today. You'll find that in Matthew 6.34. Whatever remains to be done for now, let it be. It will not get done tonight. In Sabbath time, we can take our hand off the plow and allow God and the earth to care for what is needed. Let it be. Sometimes that is so hard for us. That work ethic is so ingrained in us that it's hard for us to just let things be. But one of the gifts of Sabbath and, and taking your hand off the plow for that time is to discover that, that sometimes we're trying to do things that God already has taken care of. One of the, the learning things for me in the church where ministry is always ongoing and there are always things happening is that, that sometimes instead of responding to everything that happens, the best thing I can do is simply to wait and see if God is already working in that. And sometimes when I release things into God's care, it's amazing how God handles them and provides for them and takes them off my plate. I mean, to trust God enough to say, okay, God, you've got this. This is my time to rest. Uh, it's truly a gift that God has given to us as we come into our times where we are going to be in these moments of rest. The basic principles for 
for Sabbath and taking that rest is one is to cease our work and delight in God's good gifts. Cease the work that you do, the regular work that you do every day. But don't, don't just not work, but rather not work, but also at the same time reflect on, meditate on, think about, be aware of all the good things that God has placed in your life and all the ways that God has provided for you so that you have a sense of that provision and that lifting and sustaining. Uh, establish a regular rhythm of Sabbath. Uh, if you don't have a regular rhythm of Sabbath, uh, it's very easy then to just have your work slowly kind of eat that up to where you don't have it. Uh, and if you're one of those people like me who tends to calendar and plan uh, and, and have schedules, uh, you know, it's important to have that kind of system of discipline for yourself or else what will happen is you just will never get around to it until you're forced to it by illness. Uh, and remember that Sabbath is primarily a communal discipline. Now, I say primarily, it doesn't mean that, that you can't do Sabbath on your own. But when God created pe his people and called them together, uh, he called them to celebrate this together. And, and in this time of the pandemic, I know that is difficult. Uh, I had a phone conversation this week with someone who was just needing to talk to me because they're just missing being together with their brothers and sisters in this community. Uh, and they needed to have that kind of a touchstone in the midst of that. But, but your community during this time can be not only your church family here, not only the people you gather with online, it can be your family, it can be close friends, it can be gathering in the parking lot and drive in worship. Uh, we are having to redefine how we do it, but nonetheless we, we come together to celebrate Sabbath in community as well as on our own. There's some basic rules about it, uh, things that you don't do. One is work don't work. Now, I, I don't know about you, but in my household right now, that is something of a challenge. With my wife bringing her office home, the home office in our home is now her office. My office is on the kitchen table. And so every time I get up, whatever I'm doing, my computer is right there. And so it's a challenge to not turn the computer on and begin working at 6.30 or 6 in the morning or to get away from it and not go back to it at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night because it's constantly present. Uh, so, you know, this morning when I got up and the computer was saying to me, Tom, you really ought to check your emails this morning. I had to say, nope, not going to do that today. I, I'm, I'm not going to push the button. Uh, sometimes you have to be disciplined to refrain from working, especially right now where so many of us are working from home. Uh, buying and selling. Uh, we often don't think about this, but, but when we buy and sell, not only are we demanding that someone else work to accommodate us, but in America, at least, in our consumer society, our buying and selling a lot of times is kind of our second part-time job. And especially right now, we're at home and, you know, Amazon is so convenient and it's so easy to do. And so sometimes we need to pull back from that and say, you know what, I'm going to stop buying and providing for myself today. And, and I'm going to allow today to be a day in which I trust in God's providing for me. Instead of turning to our own provision for ourselves we lean on God's provision for us. And finally, uh, uh, don't worry. Stop worrying. Put worry aside for the day. When those thoughts come in your mind, if you need to, go back to Ruth's candle and light that and let those worries melt away from you and trust that God has you. Uh, you'll be amazed to discover when you release those things how often it is that God will have them. We just haven't trusted God enough uh, to let them go and release them to God's work. Things to do, rest your body. Give your body rest. Sometimes we don't discover how tired we are until we are willing to stop and slow down 
and sit down. I don't know how many of you have ever done this when you've sat down in a comfortable place in your home and you're going to read a book or a magazine or something. And the next thing you know, you, you wake up and you realize you've just had about an hour's nap or an hour and a half nap that you weren't planning to take. I mean, it's a sign that your body is more tired than you realize. And maybe you need to rest and allow your body to recover. Replenish your spirit. Uh, be in connection with God and meditate upon God's word and, and do devote that devotional kind of time and allow God to speak into your life and restore your soul. Simply be in the presence of God. Simply be in the presence of God. The God who breathes the breath of life into us in the first place, his presence is life-sustaining to us. And so in these times, just to simply... Being God's presence restores energy to our spirits and to our souls uh, to come and enter into these times with God, to join together. So if, if you're interested in uh, possibly pursuing this kind of a practice of a Sabbath and getting more uh, intentional about it, some questions I have for you, and I think these will be posted on the live chat as well. But what activities will I refuse to engage in so that it's truly a day of rest, worship, and delight? And what I want you to hear there is the intentionality of the language. What activities will I refuse to engage in? What things will I not just stop because I happen to stop, but rather what am I going to be intentional about not doing? What activities bring me delight and how will I incorporate them? What things delight my soul and, and just lift me up and restore me, give me new energy and new hope? And, and I'm going to suggest to you on that that I've got a little comment there about don't overplan it. You know, for those of us who are planners sometimes, planning activities that bring us to light that actually can become a chore and we can get carried away with that uh, the last several years uh, when we've taken vacations uh, my wife cindy usually is our uh, trip planner and uh, she does a great job with it and finds all kinds of interesting things to do the only problem is sometimes she will schedule like two days worth of activities for every day that we're gone and after we had a couple of vacations where we came home and we were just totally wiped out we were so tired when we got home uh, I, I kind of said to her when we were planning one of our trips, okay, let's, let's, let's scale it back this time. How about we do a little bit less so that when we come home, we're refreshed instead of being tired. And, and so we did. We worked through that schedule and decided what things we would do and what things we would not do. And we had a great time. Sometimes we can over plan our time off and instead of allowing ourselves to rest, it becomes almost like that much more work. So, so don't over plan it. Simply think about what activities bring me delight and, and what would I like to do? Put the date on your calendar and pray that God will help you to honor this Sabbath and keep it holy. Put it on there and ask God's help in doing it. Uh, I'm telling you too often the world will not cooperate with you on this and people will try to convince you you shall not take that time off and your own brain will be telling you, well, you really ought to do this or you really ought to do that. And sometimes you need God's help to say, no, this, this is God time. This is not time for me to do that. This is time for me simply to rest in the presence of God. So following uh, my adventures of 1986, uh, John Paul uh, asked me to make an appointment with him before the fall of 1987 came along. And I went in and he said, well, let's talk about what we're going to do this fall. And so we talked through it. And he, he talked about medication changes that we might want to think about and things we might want to do and scheduling things. And he says, now I want to know what your plan is. You know, how are you going to take care of yourself? How are you going to exercise? Uh, and, and when are you going to rest? And we had that long conversation. And then every time I saw John Paul after that for a while, he would follow up with me. 
Well, how are you doing? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you getting exercise? Are you getting rest? And he would follow up with me. One of the advantages of having a, a, a GP that you have a long relationship with uh, who will uh, not only offer good advice to you, but will kind of hold you accountable to follow that advice that he's giving you. Uh, and so John, Paul worked with me to kind of readjust my scheduling of myself and my care of myself. And it's been 35 years, and I've not ever repeated that kind of an event since then. Uh, learning that, you know, sometimes, sometimes there's tremendous wisdom in that sense of taking time and rest and restoration. God speaks that to his people Israel and the, through the prophet Isaiah when he says, if you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, from pursuing your own interests on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, serving your own interests or pursuing your own affairs, then you shall take delight in the Lord and I will make you ride upon the heights of the earth I will feed you with the heritage of your ancestor Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And in those times of rest, those times of being in God's presence and being restored, uh, God pours out blessing upon us. So I want to encourage you in the midst of this pandemic, when it's so easy for us to just keep working and working and working and working, to stop and take Sabbath seriously, to, to plan for that time of rest to step away from all that calls for your attention and simply allow the Lord to pour out blessing on you. Be blessed. Let's pray. Mighty Father, we give you thanks for the work that you give us, for the ways that you give us to contribute to our communities and to, to provide for our families and ourselves. And we give you thanks that you have created us in the midst of that to take time to rest, to simply come when when we've depleted the energy of our body and our mind and our heart and our spirit, simply come and to be in your presence and to be renewed in all ways by the very breath of life you breathe into us. So come alongside us and help us in this time to tune out the voices in our mind and the voices around us that would have us work beyond what is good for us and allow us to honor the Sabbath as you have called us to do it, that we might be blessed by your presence. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.